minutes we just <laughs> the entire thing the intro intro oh okay mm-hmm. all right let's get to it okay are we bantering that was it that was the banter it's bantered oh okay well don't flush the toilet I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. Live from San Diego, California. (laughs) No, stop that. I don't like that. Welcome to another technologically advanced episode of the Crappy Awesome Podcast. Um, Is Chris? Yes. We are recording this again. We're recording this um, because usually we're sitting down with the yeah. the artist or person that we're interviewing. There's a very specific way that we do the interviews. Yes. 99% of them. 99% of them. But every once in a while, we get like a really special one um, that we can't pass up. Um, and that is one that we have today with a director and co-founder of Deacon Records, mm-hmm. Jason Goldwatch. Jason this one's for all the filmmaker buffs. Yeah, the real nerds. The real nerds. Um, but this dude is awesome. We've literally been obsessed with his videos um, since we can remember, since yeah. we started doing the podcast. Yeah. Been trying to get him on the show for quite some time. He's done works by Evidence, Nas, and on and on and on. Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park. Dialed Kid Cuddy's. Yeah. Good times. So um, he's the man. And we're talking to him live via Skype from New York. Skype. Skype. Oh, we should pay the bills, too. Okay. Pay the Uh, bills. Okay. Uh, If you are looking to purchase an iPad. Right. Or a video thingamajig that does, like, video stuff. Okay, I or you know. could purchase an iPad. I don't know about technology. <laughs> to watch, if you wanted to watch. One of those I was going somewhere with, with like letters on it that you, you type could, on. Honestly, you could pretty much fucking buy anything you want okay. on Amazon. Yeah. Like it's, we keep trying to come up with these Play-Doh. examples. You can you can buy Play-Doh. Yeah, absolutely. Do they sell Play-Doh still? Yeah, oh. yeah. My nephews have Play-Doh. Seems dangerous. It, it seems like it should be, but for some reason it's not it's because we're all still alive. Okay, and I'm sure we all play with it. Cool. Um, yeah, Amazon. Just don't go directly to them. Come through crappyawesome.com. There's a banner right there on the homepage. Click on the banner, go through there, and if you purchase 25 pounds of Play-Doh, which normal people do, I think, uh, whatever you purchase, bits and pieces of that get sent over to us as residuals, and we can use that money to continue providing this show for you for free. Amen. So you are supporting your own listening habit by buying the shit you're going to buy anyway. Wow. That is really well put. We've never really put it like that. That's true. Your own, your own habit. Your own habit. You're supporting your own habit. Yeah. You're doing, well, it kind of sounds a little ominous, doesn't it? <laughs> there's, there's also Karma Loop. Uh, also, adult. Our, <laughs> also, our sponsors. You want to make sure you look fresh if you ever do decide to get out of your parents' basement and stop listening to this podcast. Yes. <laughs> you Eventually, you have to talk to girls. <laughs> Eventually, you'll have to talk to girls or something yes. uh, and try Please. to get laid. <laughs> Please. Please do that. For the love of God. Less crappy, awesome podcast, more getting laid. <laughs> more getting laid. Right. That's the only thing we yeah, break for. That's absolutely right. Uh, make sure you go to Karma Loop, uh, go through crappyawesome.com, and you can look fresh, buy some nice clothes, and support your independent fashion designers as well as your own habit. There you go. All right. So uh, we are going to flash forward into the future. Again, again this really messes my stuff. Yeah, we have to do this. Okay. Um, and what, what will happen on the other side is you'll start hearing a conversation we have with Jason Goldwatch from New York. Mm-hmm. We're in California, people. Yeah. The future is here we're in california and we're talking to this guy in new york 
taking up and then you're downloading it yeah. and listening it to listening like where at the gym probably yeah right you're probably at the gym or you're Are running you or you're in the car <laughs> or, your parents or in your parents basement <laughs> either way we're not even there with you. Yeah. And you're listening to us. I'm talking to you. 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 Put the drink down. You are Listen a magnificent, unique snowflake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, Jason Goldwatch. Yeah. Jason, how you doing, man? Good. Good. What up? Welcome to the show, bro. Hey, check this out, man. So we've literally been... Um, trying to figure out ways to get you on the show. We became obsessed with your work probably, what, three or four years ago, right? Yeah, about four years ago. Yeah. Um, and I think it was with Mr. Slow Flow. And that was like one of the first things that we that uh, kind of came to mind when um, when I was thinking about how we first found you. And then, and I know there was other stuff. There was like Pray later on and uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls. But... Um, can we start off first, like w- how you first got started? I know you got um, you worked with Spike Jones a little bit early in your career. Um, you also went to was it uh, San Francisco School of Arts? Cal- yes. Yeah. yeah. So, how did it all start for you? Um. Shit. I mean, I guess I guess it started at School of the Arts. I mean, I was there for painting, and um, you know, a bunch of my friends. Uh, the three or four of us were friends and painting and all of our parents were artists and so we're in this like sort of a corny art program for high school where I was getting into trouble and this dude came into class and said he was trying to start a media program uh, at School of the Arts and he needed 10 kids to join so the four of us joined and we got the other six and it just sort of became a thing where we had this little tiny edit and little cameras that we could use and I don't know I guess my friends and I were sort of mischievous enough to like at that sort of moment in time in the 90s like want to fuck around on video and like make stuff yeah that's sort of how that started i guess i mean wait but but so did you i mean did you go into it initially thinking like this is something i could do like for a living or i mean at that point was it still just kind of a hobby or just a work of passion i don't know man i mean my i was you know my parents were separated living with my mom she always had her own business i always did her own thing i just sort of i never i was never really raised to see the world in a way where you had that was an you know, sort of something you didn't have an option about. I was never going to do something I loved. Because you know, your, I your parents... I, was afraid of, I wanted to be a rock star when I was a little kid. So, I don't know, I just, I guess, I don't know, had a sense that I would find, you know, find my way. So your parents were professional artists when you were little, is that correct? I mean, my dad was. My mom um, was an artist. She wasn't a professional artist, but she owned, like, a toy store when I was growing up, which became a gallery. And I know she's kind of always did her own thing, where I was, like, pretty okay. Yeah, I am immediately furiously jealous of your life. <laughs> a lot of what we talk about with a lot of our guests is how hard it is to communicate with their parents about what they want to do with their lives. And it looks like you never even had a concern about that. Yeah, I never thought about it like that. There was never any pressure on me to do one thing or another. It was just always, yeah, you know, my dad was a photographer, so we'd just go out and take pictures. And then you know, he taught me how to develop film. And it's just, you know, I don't know, I was always trying. I mean, it, it's weird, it's weird because you say that there wasn't uh, much of a thought of not doing it, but it also seems like maybe there wasn't a thought of um, like being an accountant. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it, I mean, it seems like you're pretty much going to be an artist one way or the other, right? Yeah, it was definitely decided for me for sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
And, and so what, what was the first thing that you knew, like the, the first project that you worked on that you knew like, okay, this is, this is maybe something that, you know, the rest of the world could see something that I'm, I'm proud of right off the bat. And maybe I can flip this into, you know, a career. Um, I think initially it was just the reward with my friends. We'd go out and, you know, we'd dress up and take turns shooting and edit shit and come back and just, you know, share the, share the VHS tape at that point around high school. So I think it was probably the first sort of payoff. I was like, dude, this is actually pretty fucking... I think it was just fun probably was the first thing. Yeah. But what, what so were you was, making? A, go ahead. What, what, what were you making? Um, we were making stupid... We were like doing chase scenes. And there was a... Um, at that point, there was this... When I would catch the... the the bus to school in the morning there was this homeless cat he used to sit on the bench and tell me about LSD and all this crazy shit so I did the documentary with him it was about 15 minutes long it was just I don't know just whatever we wanted you know we had access to these cameras and we were always all, me and my friends were always into some kind of shit and we also had friends that were musicians that's where I did like, you know, an EPK for Mad Child at that point yeah you know, just he was living in San Francisco at the time yeah, we've had him on the show before. Yeah, yeah, he and he, he talked about uh, working with you a little bit, and and I mean the the thing is, it seems like from what we from the people, we, I mean, we've talked to evidence, we've talk, we've talked to Mad Child. It, it seems like people seem to see you as uh, you know a respected director, but as well, people like to work with you because it seems like they they feel like you're one of them. You know what I mean? Like there's there's like a difference. I mean, there's some directors where. Um, for lack of better description, they act very directorish. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it seems like you're not afraid to get into the trenches. Um, but, you know, you telling us your history, it seems like it, you've always kind of done that, right? Just let, like, let's go out and shoot. Like, how much, how much gorilla shooting are you still doing? I mean, what is, what's gorilla, I mean, what's gorilla shooting anymore, you know? Yeah. By myself? I still shoot by myself. You yeah. Know what I mean? Okay, well, how about... Um, I'm doing these time pieces, you know? I guess that's Gorilla. That's Super 8. I'm by myself. It's like, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to go out on a limb. Um, getting on the radar of Homeland Security Department to shoot at LAX is Gorilla shooting. <laughs> what? What's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what? Like, because you, you guys seem to, like, go, oh, into, okay. go to places that that most filmmakers wouldn't even bother with trying are, are, are and it looks like a lot of the times at least from your your work you guys at least pull this off and you can tell us whether or not it's true but a lot of the times it seems like you're in locations where it seems like wow like how'd they get that location or like are they yeah. and that's part of my whole fucking stick though you know what I mean that's part of my thing and that's part of how I like to just fucking live and see the world and experience you know, the little time that we have here is to, you know, be on that edge and press that envelope all the time, no matter what it is. And of course, you know, with my work, that'll, that'll come through. But yeah, of course, always, that always happens. That's not, I don't consider that gorilla. I just consider that part of my style. And that's, you know, it, I was, I was, didn't know how to answer your gorilla question because, you know, gorilla to me means, you know, you're fucked, you have one camera, you don't have a sound guy, and you're screwed. You're on a gorilla. But always going to places that are interesting and like, you know, I mean, this is, this is my work. And like, sort of as we talked about, it, like my work, my body of work is, is, is my life. And so I don't know, I'm trying to constantly evolve and have a body of work that when I'm old man, I can look back on and see, you know, this, you know, pretty epic, you know, adventure. Yeah. It's a part of my life. The, the fact that these locations and, you know, I was trying to press buttons and get places that haven't been sort of exploited or seen it. 
You know, Jason, every, every time we have an artist on, we, we love to ask them, um, and, I, and I'd love to ask you the same question, is are you able to turn it off at this point, like the, the creative process? Is it something that's always on? I mean, I, I, yeah, it is. I mean, it's just the way I live. You know what I mean? It's like I was yesterday, you know, I had the weekend off, and a friend of mine, you know, drive around and fucking whip, and we went to the Bronx yesterday and broke into these train yards and, you know, took some photos of some trains and got into some shit. And sort of like, you know, it's just, it doesn't, doesn't stop. You know I mean? <laughs> okay, so then, I mean, how does that affect, like, say i mean at, at, at what point because you said your parents were artists did your parents always kind of get what you were doing like did they get it i don't know they were always very supportive of just letting me sort of you know do my thing i remember when i was a super little kid i found out for the first time we could change your name and i told my mom when i changed my name to dracula and she was like cool with that <laughs> so she told me i had to have it for two weeks or whatever what the date was at the time you know but eventually I realized that was a stupid idea but they would always let me you know sort of bang into places that maybe weren't the right decisions but maybe, I don't know, could lead to something or would sort of let me explore you know, cool ideas or whatever I had. Now, now uh, when you first, like, what was the what was the first artist that you say that, you know, you worked with, maybe somebody that you really wanted to work with, like, because, like, I mean, you work with Evidence a lot. It seems like you have a pretty good relation, working relationship with Evidence um, and, and a personal one. But, like, aside from, say, Evidence, who was like one of the first artists that that you worked with, where you were like, "Man, this is something I've I've, I've always wanted to work with these guys." Um, probably Tom. We did the one nine nine with Common. Yeah. Resurrection, Resurrection, like that was one of my favorite albums of all time. Still, probably top ten albums of all time. So that was dope to work with him. So that was the first time that I had really, you know, I was super young at that point too, and we shot in New York. I was living in the, when I came out, I was living in the dorms. I didn't have cable. And that fucking, that video was running and I was getting mad. You know, people were talking about it. I sort of became sort of a thing, but I didn't even know about it at that point because I was, I didn't have BET or MTV. I was in college. Like, not giving a fuck, you know. <laughs> I remember working with him was pretty incredible. I remember standing next to him and being like, damn, this is fucking awesome. Yeah, dude. I, I mean, but it's, it seems like it, from what you, the little you've told us already, it seems like there's definitely, a balls out attitude um, that you seem to have always had. I mean, has it ever worked against you? Um, a balls out attitude. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. Has it worked against me? Probably. I don't know what I know about it. I don't know. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that one. Well, I guess like a, a question would be, for example, um, you know, you, you you do a lot of this kind of shooting where you just like pick the location and you're just like, all right, we're gonna go do this. Um, has there ever been a situation where like maybe you've gotten into trouble or like it was like a real close call? You had to get out of it. Uh, maybe you had to explain yourself to somebody, possibly the authorities. <laughs> has you ever had yeah, you always like have that? Those. You always have those. You always have those close calls. And we've been shooting behind the scenes of these videos and shit now because we always say we're always in the middle of a shoot being like, damn, why isn't someone just shooting this? It's so fucking crazy what's happening right now. But yeah, that always happens. But I think generally, you know, we're not doing, I'm not saying, you know, this I think sort of so it could be a mantra too. And I was telling you that we're breaking the train out to sound funny, but the, the sort of a mantra is like, hey, we're not doing any harm. Like we're really, I'm really coming from a, from sort of a place of awesome. You know what I mean? I'm not, we're not really rolling around with, fucking load of guns killing anybody if we are rolling around with a gun it's for some for an image you know what I mean mm -hmm. so 
don't know. You definitely get stopped, and you definitely run into problems. There's always that, you know, but that's just life. But I think as long as you have sort of a pure intent and sort of, a, you know, make some eye contact, generally you've been fine. And that could fall into a whole other stream of conversation we get into about, you know, sort of manifesting what, what it is we're even experiencing in your own life, which I believe in and sort of think it's, has affected my work in a way, too. Yeah, go ahead and elaborate on that, because um, we're big on that over here too. We spend a lot of time, you know, visualizing and, and working towards our intent, and and that's something that we talk a lot to a lot of our guests about as well. Because we've had a lot of listeners like comment and send emails. Like a lot of people do think it's kind of science fiction, but we're finding a lot of it is not. It's there is a lot of psychology and science behind it as well. Yes. So do you um, when you're go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it's a lot about just, you know, falling into time, you know, falling into place. And I think it's, you know, there is, a, I believe there's a perfect path, like a river, like a, the water will take the perfect path that exists, you know what I mean? So it's like falling into that, letting your life fall into the way the bed of the river should be. And once you, once you can sort of relax into that, I think a lot of other stuff opens up. I think, you know, how deep you want to get. A lot of times when I'm shooting and stuff will arise that we didn't plan for. But it happens, you know, look at each other like, of course, of course. You know what I mean? And because, you know, we're just we're right on time. We're right where we should be. And sort of stuff comes to us and shows itself to you. And, you know, I think if you're aware and thankful, that, that sort of just keeps manifesting. And I've attributed some stuff in my work, you know, a lot of stuff where it's happened while we're shooting or I've met people in certain ways because of, I think, just sort of a positive thing that, you know, I practice. Yeah, it, that's, um, that's very Buddhist of you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so do you is it pretty common where you have a certain concept in your mind of what the video is going to be and then it ends up being something different not really something different but definitely the way I like to I like to you know getting into these situations and I'm with fucking Pusha and with you know Tyler and all those fucking kids and we're going down to like places where there's like you know crack dealers with shanks and people living in tents and all kind of crazy shit. Like, I definitely want to have a structure, of, sort of a protected little structure around us, you know what I mean? We went down there with a steady cam, but we had vans and shit ready, and we sort of came with, you know, a structure that I knew couldn't fail. I knew whatever was going to happen, we went down there and whipped up and down that block and, like, did that thing for whatever, how long that was, 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. Whatever happened, we couldn't fail. And then once we get in there, then I like to let it just go loose. You know, I like to sort of like you build you build a structure, you build the walls of the home, but we don't you know, build the outside walls, but we don't build the rooms. And so once we got down there, we sort of let it happen. And, you know, Tyler went nuts and then pushed the guy a little uncomfortable and then saw it was great and started laughing and it became this whole thing. And then, you know, people on the street thought that they were really fighting. And they wheeled these rubber bricks. They thought were real. Sort of like this whole thing sort of happened. You know, and like the cops that are in that video weren't real. <laughs> I sort of like to set it up and get everyone into place and make everyone comfortable and sort of get the vision and then just sort of let it turn into like I like to call it a disaster piece like just let it unravel and sort of a, you know we knew it was going to go wrong it was just how it was going to go you know but I mean Jason you do I mean maybe you don't realize that but I mean you're, you're, you're talking to me and Arash right now and, and I mean, I know, Rush, you'd agree, like, that's not normal. Yeah, like, no. it's not like, you know what I mean? Like, you're, you're saying it very much as if, like, yeah, it's just, and I get it because it's your life and that, and that really is your reality. But, like, you do get that a lot of people would be very afraid to even try something like that. And in fact, it sounds scary you just talking about it. Yeah. Well, it's fucking rad. You know what I mean? You gotta stick your neck out. You know what I mean? Especially now, there's so many, the internet, everything's so fast and everything's so, you know, temporary. I think to make something that stands, I'm really trying to make, 
you know, stick a, stick a flag in and make some history and leave some history and, and change the way people think about videos and these kids. I have kids on Twitter hitting me up, like, saying all kinds of rad shit about how my videos are making them see shit differently and encourage them to go to film school in the way that, you know, it's like rad. So I think to do that now, you have to really fucking go hard, you know, and be really, be really intentful and be really sort of like securing what the fuck your voice is and, you know, just scream it loud. Yeah, and for the listeners, he you know he was talking about the the trouble on my mind video when he was talking about Pusha and Tyler the Creator. Um, you you have this this relationship with uh, the Alchemist. Like, can you talk about uh, like how that came about? Um, well, what do you mean? Like, cause you guys, I mean, because you guys have you you guys have worked on a project together, right? Um, well, well, other other than the videos, but you guys have also worked. Didn't you guys have like a side project going on for a bit? We um we have yeah we have a bunch of, yeah it sort of turned into gangrene but we have a we have a multimedia group that we sort of created and then and then never did shit with and it was Cuber industry was involved as well. And the sort of this idea of just taking stuff off the internet and sort of sampling the web as he you know me him and I are hanging out he's for smoking and I'm just watching him sample off his records and it's like he takes a break from the music and we get on YouTube and have like a fucking YouTube party and it's like let's sample this shit it's, you know someone's gonna do it let's be the guys that take it to that level and really sample all this free media that's floating around you know that we all look at and laugh at and sort of use that you know people laugh at the fucking you know the shit the weird clips and they you know, are offended by the blood. Let's sort of use all of the emotions to our advantage and chop it up to our own shit and recontextualize it and sort of make some sort of modern art out of it. And the guys that did it first, and that sort of it became what all the gangrene videos and the series of gangrene became, where it was like the shit he was sampling with the music were some of the same samples I was playing, which were cop shows and weird newscasts and old movies, and he was taking the audio and I was taking the picture. It was sort of just you know created this whole mess of content surrounding the gangrene as a, as a group. Yeah, but, I mean, it, the, the thing is, Jason, is that, you know, when I watch that stuff, it, it does, and, and, and that's something I'm wondering, like, if you're, are you realizing as you're creating it, like, the possible emotions that the, the, the person watching the video is going to have? Are the, are you just putting it out there and because there's 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 often a conversation about you know the 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 person viewing the image or the movie is is processing it completely different than what the director had intended it for like do you even think about that kind of stuff when you put it out or is it or is it you create it and then just release it into the world and then the people kind of decide you know yeah I'm mean, gonna come from a place as uh, although. You know, you argue, you argue me to death. But these, this is commercial work for most of the stuff, no matter what, you know, so what, so what I say. But yeah, it's like, you know, the, the stuff that Alchemist and I are doing in terms of sampling and creating, which I'm drawing from stuff that, that, that I am interested in and that I would want to see when I create it. It's like, you know, there's this, it's a clip on the web. Has anyone seen it? Not that many people have seen it. Could I use it this way? I probably could. Is it pretty smart? Yeah. Does it work on a couple of levels? Yeah. Okay, fuck. So this this could work. This is what I would want to see. Now, how do I make this mine? And how do I chop this and put the gold watch into it and have that resonate and be mine for the rest of, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I don't think, I don't really think about what people want in terms of as an audience so much as I think that I sort of just sort of create what I would want to see. And I think a lot of people sort of can relate to that, thankfully. 
Yeah, I, I mean, and we have a lot of a lot of like young people that listen to the show, um, unfortunately. But they, unfortunately, <laughs> they might be too young. But I mean, uh, there's a lot of you know people that want to be artists, and you know we hear a lot from like our, our younger listeners and stuff that you know, like the finding their direction, and they always there's always like this feeling when you're younger that the direction is going to somehow be revealed to you. Um, by somebody else or somebody's going to maybe show me the way or can somebody put me on, you know? Um, but then there's this whole flip side where we have people like you who never really thought about, you know, someone putting you on, you know, I mean, can you talk a little bit about that, especially for like the younger artists that, that, that are like, well, how do I, how do I become a Jason Goldwatch? Well, I wish I knew. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I don't know. Like, I think I was, Oh, man, I don't know. I get, I don't know how to answer this. I get asked this more than I would like to get asked this. I just think it's a, it's a matter of really finding yourself and really getting to that first, and then being like, what, what am I, and what do I have to offer? What do I love? You know, if if it's art, it's awesome. Maybe it's cooking or some shit. And I mean, not you know, or whatever. I think that's what happened to me I just I was lucky enough to fall into place and be in the right place at the right time but it became these videos which became becoming these films and sort of the way I lived my life it just it also sort of, oh you know I was really lucky it also to be congealed into one this one thing I think the most important thing is just to follow your heart you know, and that can take you all kind of funny places it'll take you back around to a place that's great so it's just about you know I mean maybe just having heart you know what I mean having sort of the goal to, to, to have the adventure and not be too afraid of it, you know. I, most people are so afraid of failing or, you know, looking like they tried and didn't succeed or something that they don't open their hearts totally and just go and follow and just wander the direction that seems the best. It's like they're too, they're caught up in this network of shit that we're all, you know, bills and judgment, all kind of dumb shit. So I think if you open your heart and sort of follow that and find yourself, I think that'll lead you unintentionally to whatever it is going to be that is your past you know yeah I, I, I first of all we agree with every single thing you just said <laughs> we absolutely feel <laughs> the same way uh, I think the concern that we get from a lot of people that we talk to and from a lot of listeners who who give us feedback the confusion that they have is how can they transition that into it being their life you know like on a regular night they might have uh, 150 other things that they have to do to take care of their household or their family or errands or work and they're trying to figure out how they can make art a full-time living and it's kind of a vicious circle because on one hand you don't want to spend time doing something that's not going to get you paid but at the same time, with art, it's something that you just have to create without the thought of, I'm going to get paid for this, in order to get paid. I think that that balance is the thing that artists everywhere, young artists everywhere, have the most difficult time figuring out how to achieve. Is how do I create and be an artist and really get lost in the art, but still be a businessman and focus on how to get paid and how to pay my bills and my rent? Yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Good, that's good. That's good insight, Jason. That's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Jason, how did the whole Deacon thing start? Deacon, um, shit. It started like a long time ago. It's a film called One Big Trip that I made with my friend, who's now my business partner. We drove across the country and shot this film. But at the time, um, 
I'd been doing a lot of music videos with people, you know, bands and dudes that ended up become, becoming my good friends. At that point, it was just at cost. So it was like, you know, I'd get the cameras and they'd pay for the film and I wouldn't make nothing. It was just sort of fair, fair trade at that point. And then, so we made this film. We were, I was putting the soundtrack together and I sort of reached out to some Jurassic and Quantum at that time and used some, a lot of Dilated and some Alchemist and some Evidence Pete and Joey Chavez and made the soundtrack for this out, for this movie we made that sort of gave it the little bump that it needed. I hit up, uh, DJ Shadow at the time and asked him, sent him a trailer with an audio and asked him if I could cut it to one of the songs and he said yes. And so that just sort of snowballed. Then we had a, then I had a trailer for a film with a DJ Shadow song in it and it just sort of snowballed and so then we needed to fucking make a, you know, poster and then we needed to make a website and then we needed to, and so we all did it ourselves and we sort of, as it snowballed, we said, all right, well, let's just fucking keep running, let's hire a designer instead of us doing it, let's get it sort of became this thing, and Sony picked up the film, and we sold a bunch of them, and the soundtrack did well, just sort of snowballed into this, you know, giant octopus we have now, so his arms are trying to feed this one mouth, and it's a record label, and it's Mass Appeal magazine, and, you know, Mass Appeal websites, and the design thing, and then, you know, the, the movie thing, and the music videos, and I mean, I mean, at at this point, like, what? I mean, staff wise, like, how many people are we talking about? We're between like twenty and thirty. You know, it goes up and it goes down. We have some interns and some permalancers and stuff like that, but that's a um, it's a pretty big group. Who who was the first artist you guys signed to the label? AC Loan. AC, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a fucking awesome signing right off the bat, right? Yeah, that's um, yeah, dope. It was really amazing timing. He had just gotten done off Capitol, and I met him at CalArts through a super cool program they had there. And so him and I kept in touch. And right when he got off Capitol, we were sort of setting up, and we just it was really great timing. That's the best dude in the world, too. By the way, how long have you known him? I met him in college, man. I don't know, ten or fifteen years. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, at, at this point, are you seeing because there, there's a lot of different ways that that labels work nowadays and I mean and especially within you know these times things have changed a lot and you've 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 literally seen um the changes in the industry you've been around long enough to see going from big labels to you know 360 deals to all of a sudden you know there's people putting out YouTube labels and you know it seems like a kid you know, with enough talent could literally get themselves out there. We, we just talked to uh, a young artist not too long ago named Gavlin, who, you know, I think she's got like two or three million views on her YouTube and recorded out of her bedroom. I mean, do you think the internet has been, I mean, obviously, you know, you use it a lot with your work, but overall, has the internet been a good thing or a bad thing when it comes to, you know, the arts? I think like with everything, it's both, you know what I mean? I, I was just thinking the other day that I hate how, how immediate it is and how, you know, you create something, you kill yourself and sort of live and die and travel and, you know, really die out there for it and come back and put all your shit into it and stay up late at night and watch a billion times and put it on a top for like a day or two on the internet and then it's in the past, you know? Yeah. That, that bugs me. And it used to be, if, you know, when MTV did play videos, they'd play a video and run for a month and you'd see it on a commercial and that was rad, you know? So that's just, I think the internet sort of ruined sort of attention span a little bit. But, uh, you know, on the flip side, it gets to everyone, you know? And I love, 
you know, it's on my favorite suit and we release something and then watch it sort of the way it, the life that it now has. And then you sort of drop it on planet Earth, make the, make the Vimeo on private and drop it on Earth. And it's like, the travel is always weird corners and people I respect are seeing it and commenting on it. I know it's in their brains and now in their consciousness. You know what I mean? So I love watching things sort of like, like a synapse, you know, I almost imagine like a synapse is sort of, you know, covering the Earth. So that's, it's rad, you know, it's both, I mean, as far as making money, it's made it a lot harder. The budgets have dropped, and you know, we talk about a time when I thought I really wanted to be a director. It was like back right before I signed up with a with a company back then. It was like, do you have directors back then? God, you got ten percent of whatever the budget was of the music video, and if you were editing it, which I do, you probably get twelve or thirteen. So it's like I was looking, you know, I was in a company surrounded by fucking Spike Jones and these motherfuckers. He was directing a million dollar video. Yeah, so I was watching him go to work for you know, actually show up on set for two or three days. To walk away with like a hundred, you know, hundred thirty thousand dollars. Holy shit! So that was the shit for me. I was like, wow, this is something where I could really get away with being sort of a weird, strange, experimental visual artist and call it music videos and take ten percent of these motherfuckers <laughs> every time. <That's> incredible, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it, it's but funny because we, we we had talked to uh, Esteban Oriel about that as well because he was when he was doing videos and he was telling us how you know it's it's hard for for him to get up for a video um, nowadays with with the budgets. I mean, he was talking about he you know he loves he loves filming and stuff, but he's like you know there's people that undercut me. You know, there's a kid with you know with a, a badass camera somewhere who can you know have an okay eye, and you know you can pay him two hundred dollars for a video, like a lot of the you know a lot of independent artists will do. And he's like, you know, so the budget's not there, but but I mean, you you work with you know with artists, I mean that can afford you, you know, one. Um, but also you work with friends a lot and it seems like you, you have a kind of like a, a network of people that, you know, you like working with it, Like, do you approach videos from a fan's perspective? Like this is somebody like I want, I, re I really, really want to work with, or is it, you know, is it just a job at a certain point? Uh, it's always someone I want to work with. It's always gotta be, you know what I mean? It's always someone I connect with and, you know, I mean, on various levels, you work with different people, but we'll even only go on the road to make a run with someone. You're going to be able to live with that human being, and I mean, for months and months. So there's been, you know, a couple of groups I got with that, I, that you know, were cool with awesome, but it's like, oh, man, I don't want to travel. I don't want this. I'm not on this vibration. Dude. I mean, I don't want, I'm not resonating with shit for the next six months. It's just too, you know, not what, I'm, well, not what I'm into, you know, but it's like, you know, I ran with Young Buck, and that was, you know, that was some gangster shit, but it was like, we just resonated right. So yeah. like, yeah, of course, you gotta love, you gotta love it, you gotta get along, and you gotta, yeah, be a geek fan. I love Tyler, the creator, so much when he's like, when he geeks out off around, he isn't afraid to just be a fucking, just stand out, and just be a stand. It's like, man, I love that when dudes are comfortable enough just to be like, yo, man, I love what the fuck you make, that's so dope. You know, in a sense of wonderment, so I think, yeah, you always have to come into a project with some sense of wonderment about you know, some sort of curiosity which you're trying to explore about their character. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that there's there's got to be said, I mean, dude, the people that we've talked to, and we haven't talked to, you know, obviously, like, a lot of people that you work with, but, you know, we've talked to a few, and everybody, I mean, 
at a certain point, dude, and just talking to you, I mean, there, there's a good energy coming out of you and staying positive, especially with an industry that, you know, a lot of the times it's not necessarily about positivity. You know, we, we, we see it a lot in the media and the way the media, you know, processes, you know, the, the, the various cultures you work in and, but you stay, you seem to stay positive, dude. Like what are, what are some of the things you do to do that? Because again, like for you, it's probably second nature at this point, but for the, the, the listener, for the, the normal person, a lot of times they think there's no way that this dude could be just that positive, like all the time. It's just not, you know, more money, more problems. I'm definitely a grumpy asshole a lot, dude. Don't get it wrong. Just yeah. I'm sad to life right now, dude. Life's a trip, man. I don't know what you say. Like, I, I mean, the, the biggest piece of advice, the broadest piece of advice I give is you gotta really live it. And the harder you live it, the more you, the more you're gonna have to show. You know what I mean, I, I, I came up with the thing I'm gonna get tattooed on my body next week, and it's spirit is a muscle. And that's really true for me. It's like, you really, you know, you really gotta earn it on earth. And, and, if, and when I'm old, I wanna be that dude that's like, God damn, bro. Like, you know, very little, very little looking back and being like, I should have done that a different way. And like, no regrets. And to get that, you really gotta put yourself out there. And I think that's just, if you put yourself out there really hard, like all the photographers I love, you know, including Esteban, all the fuckers that are really putting themselves out there. And because they're so far out on the tip of that spear and taking pictures, you're seeing a place that, he told me, he said, I would have never gotten into those places. You know what I mean? That's what a lot of my, my thing is, sort of utilizing what I have and the magic I can sort of conjure and get into places and sort of show people places that, that they would never have gotten to, you know? And not on some arrogant shit, just like this is, you know, that's that's what I want to see. You know what I mean? I, I want to see artists who got into places that I could have never gotten. You know, so that's that shit. And it's just, it's just the way you live your life. And then you happen to have a camera and it's like, damn. If I wasn't a photographer, I'd probably break into these, you know, train stations and painting them or fucking sampling the sound that they make on the tracks just so that or some shit, you know what I mean? But it's just like the fact that we want to sort of get mischievous and sort of get into places and see things that a lot of people don't and sort of look at places that haven't been, you know, touched by time, you know, by time in a long time and just sort of like get into cool shit. And then because of that, you're able to sort of see new things and have new thoughts and capture, you know, shit that most people don't get to do or think about. Yeah. I think it's a universally agreed that fear is the thing that holds most people back. But when you look at somebody who looks like they have some talent and they're still kind of struggling and they don't know how to get ahead, like what is it do you think that a lot of people are afraid of that holds them back that doesn't get them to open up their hearts and take those risks that you're describing? And I said earlier, I just think they're afraid of being judged and they're afraid of failing. You know what I mean? It's like, you gotta make mistakes and learn from them. And like, sometimes, you know, I'll be editing and I'll be like, damn, why did I shoot this this way? It's so fucking dumb. Why did I do that? And then I'll be like, all right, well, now I gotta fix it. So what am I gonna do? And you end up coming to a conclusion like, damn, this is great. I'm actually gonna shoot this this way next time. And like, flip this this way again. Because, you know what I mean? And you only learn that by really putting yourself out there and making mistakes and then like, you know, just sort of preparing yourself ahead of time enough so that when you have mistakes, you covered your ass in a way that you're gonna, it's gonna be okay. What's that structure I was talking about? Can you remember your favorite mistake? That's good, what? Can you remember your favorite mistake? Favorite mistake? Well, I'll never tell you. It was probably one of your favorite videos. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, everything's a mistake, and, you know what I mean? It's like, you just gotta go you got to put yourself out there and not be afraid to experience that. And I think most people are afraid to look like they failed. You know, they'd rather, 
it's the, it's the funniest thing too because you just sort of shudder in fear and don't move. It's so stupid, it's just stuck. Is this um, is this a mentality that you've always had since youth? Is it something that your parents passed down to you, or is it something that you came to on your own? Is what is what the the idea of what you were even because a lot of what you're describing is very consistent with what you're saying about being the river, you know, just kind of going with the flow of things, and it'll all yeah. kind of happen the way it's supposed to. Is that a mentality you were raised with, or is that something you came to later on in life? Um, I mean, I guess that's how I was raised. I, mean, I wasn't really raised with any religious values or anything. I don't know. I just, you know, a lot of my, a lot of what I love about filmmaking and photography and, and sort of image weaving and sort of just the idea of awareness and the shit that I love where, you know, artists who are dealing with awareness. I don't know. I guess I've been obsessed with that from a young age and sort of that has manifested into creating films now. I don't know. It wasn't. It definitely is, I could see it, you know, it's a spiritual way, so it's not really a religious way in any sort of definable way, but I think it definitely affects my art, and that's why I make art, because of that. I wasn't raised in any particular way, like, in a religious sense. Okay, so now I want to ask you some video nerd questions. <laughs> um, how long How long do you prep for a video, usually? Uh, it depends, you know? Sometimes there's videos... Yeah, you know, we just did that that '76 of Black Marcy. That that was a video where you know, it was almost like a timepiece, right? I had a particular amount of film I knew I was gonna have to shoot. I had like a bunch of locations I knew I wanted to hit, and so I just sit, you know I get up in the morning and sit and know that you know that we have the van we need, and we got the props we need, and locks good, and you know we got trees, and we got the whole thing and sunny, and I just sort of sit and center myself and be like, yo, you know, I mean, let's fucking please, like. Everything fall into place. I need great shots and great energy. You know, whatever. You know, I just sort of like get into a mood that just gets fun. You get set and sort of create that atmosphere and then let everything sort of unwind inside of that structure. We know we're going to begin Brooklyn by 8. We're going to work our way there and, and let the day unfold. You know? Yeah. <laughs> what is, um, <laughs> that's interesting. What is, uh, do, are you are you big on uh, shot lists, or do you just kind of come up with a list of locations you want to hit and then kind of try to freestyle? Well, I mean, yeah, of course, I'm going to say, of course, there's videos where it's like, you know, we, for like, let's just say for, um, for Pusha T and, and Tyler, let's say, yeah, a list I had to get through for the day to sort of make that story get to where we needed to go and have it move, and a lot of it is breaking down a day where I know I have them for, I have both of them for 12 hours. I need four locations out of both of them. So that's how we're going to split it up. And, you know, where, where the fuck is close to where? And do we have to push the first and get them all done, get his four locations out the way? You know what I mean? It's like a whole complicated mathematics when it comes to larger videos with multiple people. So there's all kind of different ways to, to shoot and get shit. But still, on those days, too, I still get up and try and synchronize everything, get centered, and then ask for help and, like, you know, do a little prayer, if that's what you want to call it, and, like, get everything lining up and, like, really try to manifest what's supposed to happen even in those days you know but when I know the list of shit I gotta get through what is um, and, and on that note what is the biggest piece of advice you would give a young filmmaker that you wish somebody had given you when you were starting out uh, I don't know I wish I played the piano <laughs> I, 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 I could play my own music that shit would have been dope 
<laughs> it has nothing to do with something. <laughs> you know what, dude? He's such a humble guy, yeah, Jason. This is yeah. what this, this is this is what I'm getting. At. This is this is the confusion right now because you're fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. I mean, because here's the thing: awesome dudes do what you do. Yeah. People that are not awesome don't do the things you do. Yeah. And don't have an outlook like that. But but I am getting it, and I get it, and and it it is fair that it is possibly just the way you are. Yeah. I mean. But I, I think that there, there's there's people listening that are probably like, you know, did how did, how could that just spark up? Like you just you were just born and you're a rad dude and like <laughs> like do you understand what I'm saying? Like it, it is very interesting and trust me, dude. I mean, obviously, pretty much everybody we've talked to on this show at one time or another, we're sitting in awe and like, but 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 I get it. Like talking to you just for this little bit, I get it. I get why I love your videos. I get. You know the you know why I love the movement, why I love the label, why I love the artist on the label, because it all kind of resonates out of you. But there has to be a point at some point in your life where it kind of clicked on. You know what I mean? Where you're like, I I get this. Like this is this is kind of who I want to be. Yeah, I appreciate all that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, there wasn't a moment I can say where I was like something quick like that, you know? I, I, I can't really point to that. I mean, I just think it was a culmination of sort of like having rad parents and being in a, you know, growing up in San Francisco at a particular time. That was pretty great in the 90s there. What, 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 wait, what, what took you I out to, what, what took you to the East Coast though? Why, why leave Frisco? Um, well, I was living in Venice, um, and I broke up with my girl a bunch of years and my business partner in our office. Decon was out here in a smaller office at this point and he was like, yeah, I think this is it, man. Like, this is a good time. Like, we're going to really try and take this business to the next level and really push this whole thing. Like, I think you should come out here. And I couldn't argue with that, you know? And so it was pretty funny. I promised Peter that I would fucking come out for a year. I promised him I'd stay for 12 months. Venice is my shit. That was my home. That's my heart. And I was like, I'd sell it in if I really comfortable there. And I didn't want to leave. Yeah. So I promised him I'd leave for a year and I would come back. And that was like eight years ago. At this point, I'm probably almost nine now. <laughs> wow. Wow. Did, did the breakup help it? I mean, I'm sure it, 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 uh, it fueled a lot of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this because we asked pretty much everybody on the show. Mm hmm. Because <laughs> yeah, we need, I need to know this fucking a. After hearing this dude talk, yeah. who, who, in your mind, who, like, describe the person that marries a Jason Goldwatch. Oh God, I don't know. You some rat, bad bitch. Dude. <laughs> I don't know. It's a crazy ride, dude. I was, I was in the car with my dad recently, and he was telling me he didn't think I was going to have kids, and I was like, Yo, for real? Like, I, I imagine all kind of shit with my kids. He was like, dog, you're just on some crazy adventure. Like, I can't see you stopping and slowing down and have some kids and shit. I was like, damn, I never thought about it. I never thought the that my dad would say that. I never thought that I wouldn't have kids. I don't know. It's a crazy ride. Yeah, dude. I mean, you're you're talking to two strangers right now, and I and I would say the odds are. I mean, I don't know what side I'd bet on, but simply just because I mean, human nature. It's one. You're an artist. Um, you're out there doing what you want to do. So it would seem that if somebody was to like fit into that, they'd have to either go jump on the ship and go for the ride because it doesn't seem like they're going to drive the ship. Is what I'm saying. At no point, I, I can't picture somebody 
you know, marrying a Jason Goldwatch and then going, look, th- this is what we're going to do from here on out. Like, it just doesn't, that's yeah, just well, not I mean, realistic. I'm also, I'm also a dumb, a dumb shit. Like, I can't, if I'm going to like him, buy something, I'm going to build that shit backwards. Like, you know, I need help. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I need an organized ass rat, bad bitch. <laughs> what I need to really, because I'm on some left field shit most of the time. And like, you know, if there's one place I'm trying to grow and advance, aside from all my art and my, you know, all mastering, trying to fucking align all my shit. Shit, this is trying to pay taxes on time, dude. And like <laughs> the dentist, this was like a dentist, dude. So maybe you need like the really, really regular girl. Like just yeah. Maybe you don't need thing. the bad bitch. <laughs> I mean, obviously she's gonna be bad, but. You might just need the 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 lawyer or like She's the business for exactly yeah. the accountant. Just somebody just putting stuff because I mean I don't think Jason Goldwatch can marry another Jason Goldwatch. Yeah, right. It wouldn't end good. It wouldn't end good. <laughs> Do you prefer to be with artists or non-artists? I prefer you know to always be around people that are doing what they love. You know. They're comfortable to be out whether they're an artist or not, whatever that is. I just like being around people that I feel like have sort of awoken here in this strange world, in this body, and they're like, well, fuck, you know, what am I going to do? I can talk about it and laugh and feel strange, you know, all that shit. I like being uncomfortable as human beings. Those tend to be artists, you know what I mean? People yeah. that can talk about that and express that tends to be art. That's very true. Oh, oh, Ross, correct me if I'm wrong. Do you think that there's anything that Jason would see and go like, man, that's weird, (laughs) right? Like, it doesn't seem like, (laughs) it just doesn't seem like that would happen, right? I don't think he's ever said that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's weird. It's probably like, (laughs) dude, get a camera. It's probably mostly like, dude, we should get a camera. We should film that. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Why aren't you shooting this, bro? Oh man, that is God. He, what is an average day in the life of Jason Goldwatch Locke? Yeah, yeah, because uh, we were supposed to for the listeners just to give him a little background. We were supposed to do an interview with him, mm-hmm. I think, last Wednesday. Yeah. But he very honestly said, "By the time we are going to do that interview, I will be drunk." <laughs> and so, which I thought was fucking awesome. Yeah. I was like, "That's fucking crazy," because that's what we would be doing yeah. if we weren't doing the interview. And then we get him today, which is for for the people. This is going to be released like in a couple of weeks, so it's uh, Martin Luther King it Day. Is. It's a holiday. Um, and then we were supposed to do it today, but we had completely forgot that today was a holiday. So we felt bad. We were like, "Oh, dude, we we have him booked. There's no way that he's going to be doing something on a holiday." But I don't know if if Jason has holidays. That does not. Yeah, yeah. So now I don't feel so bad. So there. Yeah. So a, a, an average day. Well, there is an average. There is an average, there's an average day. That's what's fucking great. And I mean, and you know, I sometimes and this has been just fucking so lucky. But for a lot of my life, it's been a thing where you get an email or you get a phone call, and it's like you weren't expecting it. You had no idea what it is, and it's like, yo, do you want to fucking go to South Africa? You know, and like yes. And you get these, you know, little seedlings, and you you wake up and you get an email or something. And you're like, yes, yes, I do. So. There is an average day. That's why I love, you know, that's why I love my life. That's why I'm so thankful and, like, try and fucking be as helpful to these kids as I can that are trying to, do, you know, be image weavers or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Wow. Try and support as much as possible because I feel like I've been so blessed and so lucky. But there is an average day. That's why it's rad, you know? And I don't know. I think that's important, too. It's for people not to, you know, you have people who, you know, some guy who's got a job, he's an accountant. It's like, yo, walk to work, dude. You know what I mean? And, like, how much shit, how many people do you cry? You know, I don't know where you are, but it's like, I'm in New York. My walk towards insane. It's like, I take pictures and I stop. 
take different routes, you know. I'm looking at street artists, who's up, who's not, you know, who's beefing, all kinds of, so much out there, you know, it's just a matter of, like, finding your voice and, like, what, what your response is to all the shit that's out here. Well, I mean, I can tell you this, Jason. You're definitely inspiration to us. Uh, I love the work. Um, I got to tell you this, though, dude. It's fucking an honor to talk to you because uh, we thought, and rightfully so, I mean, just by the work that you've done, that there's no way that this dude could be a dick. Yeah. And he's not. People, he's not a dick, for reals. This is even when we stop recording, he's not a dick. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, dude, I got to thank you so much for being on the show. Um, what what can people look forward from you guys this, this coming year? Um, who's that, guys? Decon? Yeah, you and, yeah, and directing Decon, everything. Um, man, I'll call for the fantastic shit. 2013, what do we got? We got, well, Mass Appeal, we're going to do our first printed issue of Mass Appeal, which is coming up. And we're also in the beta with massappeal.com. So all the stuff that's related to that, you know, any more time pieces or something I'm really focusing on. Um, I'm going to get to deal with mugs in a couple weeks in LA and do sort of the uh, LA River, Los Angeles, sort of white boy cholo thing, time piece <laughs> with mugs. Yeah. I'm going to uh, Houston after that with Bun B, and he's going to dress up like a cowboy. He's really into uh, barbecue and Texas shit, so we're going to go to the state fair. He's going to dress up like a cowboy. Wow. So time pieces, time pieces are coming up. And that's uh, uh, massappeal.com, people, in case you guys need to check that out for sure. Yeah, check it out. We work hard over there for you guys. Um, i got a feature in the works, a horror film. It's a sort of New York-centric horror film that we're working on. We have a script work on a second draft. That's pretty fucking exciting. Wow. Nice. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah, that's a big deal. Um, I don't know, music videos all over the place. I'm shooting uh, Three Loco and Reno next week. Riff Raff and Dirt Nasty and Andy. <laughs> and, I don't know, photography shit. Um, 13 Witness and I are doing a collaborative work with uh, BBC Blu-ray Boys Club and Ice Cream. We're going to do some uh, exclusive prints and windbreakers and hoodies and scarves and strange shit with them on some photography shit. Um, I don't know. And being rad. <laughs> and being rad. Being rad for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Being rad. <laughs> yeah, and and guys, if you're listening to this on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, make sure you guys go to crappyawesome.com and we'll have all his links up and, and, and a bunch of his work so you guys can check that out as well. Jason, I uh, thank you so much, dude. I'm going to let you get back to your holiday or whatever it is that I appreciate it, rad people I appreciate do. Yeah, no doubt, man. It, is, it has been a pleasure. Anytime, dude. And, and good luck with this this coming year, dude. Um, we're big fans up, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll stay that way. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, brother. You have a good one. Peace. Yep. That was Jason Goldwatch, man. Jason Goldwatch. I had a very funny observation, by yeah. the way. Um, so in like the pickup artist community, yeah. um, they were saying that the biggest thing that a lot of these guys had when they were younger um, and they were trying to figure out how to get better with women is that they would ask guys that were really good with women. Yeah. And the guys, well, they called them naturals. These guys had no idea how to explain it. They kept saying, um, just be yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, and that's totally Jason Goldwatch. Like, he's just. He's just a natural, such, right? He's such a natural when, as an artist. Yeah. That when you ask him, like, what's your advice? He's like, like he, he, he doesn't even know where to reach in his brain to get there. Because he's like, how could you not know that? Yeah. It, it's, it's almost like he, he's, he's never lived another way. Yeah. So. It's got to be this way. He has no concept of what it's like to not be that way. Yeah. I mean, 
there's a, those are like kind of like the shining lights that we mm-hmm. talk about all the time on the show. Yeah. Like there's you know there's certain people that you know they just. Jason couldn't be anything more than Jason. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, whatever that means. But, yeah. you know. Um, and he felt uncomfortable a little bit about being placed on a pedestal for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, which, which, so which I guess if it is supernatural, it does feel yeah. kind of weird. You know what I mean? That would well, be like people are like. Extremely natural. Yeah, extremely natural. <laughs> but, or maybe supernatural. Maybe. You never know. It yeah. would be like if people like just constantly thank you for being tall. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so, how do you be tall? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I don't know, right? <laughs> I wear shoes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the thing is, um, he definitely has a style to to his work. Um, there's 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 been times where videos have come on, and I'm like, oh, that looks like Jason's stuff. Mm, yeah. And but but he also pushes the envelope, like mm. to like a lot of the stuff he's doing with mass appeal and the timepieces he was talking about. Yeah. Um, they're amazing. Like you know people really need to check them out because it is i find it interesting a lot of times with with especially like people who work in film and and directors of music videos especially right now it's gotta be it's like the wild west right Mm -hmm. because there's literally kids popping up all day putting out videos yeah and we're gonna have we're gonna have what two videos up in like a month yeah in like a month and then so then you have people like Jason, you have people like Esteban who, who, you know, are working at a level where, um, it seems almost, it seems, I guess, to the average person that there's the, the gap is closing from the quote unquote beginner and the pro because of technology. But I tend to not, I, I tend to not agree with that completely because I think what happens is, um, a lot of the times quality is an illusion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like because we because you have a nice camera yeah. or you know or it's absolutely an illusion. Right. Uh, when when it's not necessarily art is what I'm yeah, saying. You know yeah. what I mean? When people like hire a videographer, they expect them to come in with this big fancy camera when really like what they're asking for could have been shot with an iPhone. Yeah. A lot of times. Like I'm not saying like an actual full on awesome music video. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. A lot of the projects that I've seen out there, like it's just some little thirty second YouTube commercial, for example. Yeah. And they'll have the videographer come in and the videographer doesn't have like a big camera that they're strapping onto their shoulder. They're like, well, where's our money going? Yeah. You're paying the eye. You're yeah. paying 30 years of experience. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, both these dudes, I, I mean, the, the dudes we were just talking about, yeah, they'll shoot on eight millimeter film yeah. so because it looks fucking awesome. Yeah. And, but nowadays, like you, you'll hear people and, you know, and they'll be like, we need, I mean, what's one of the big DSLRs right now? Uh, well, I mean, any of the Canon ones, of course. The red is the big right, buzzword. Right. And, right and, now. and here's the thing: we know people who have that yeah. who've never shot anything. Yep. And I know a guy who's got two. It's sitting in his bedroom. Right. He's like never shot anything ever. And they think because they think once I have it, all I have to do is turn it on and I have magic. Yeah. Right. Well, because that's really what it is. Yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. you hold most of these, yeah. and. Uh, it's, some feel a little heavier, some feel, you know, but then you turn them on, you're like, oh, yeah, I, I could see this one does a little bit more, but if you don't know how to do those things yeah. or if you don't have the vision, then what do you have? Yeah. If you, you don't know? have the muscles to lift the broadsword, yeah. you're not going to stab anybody yeah, with it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you're yeah, just yeah. going to get killed right away in the battlefield. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I, I, I definitely, people, I think you guys got to go check out. Uh, if you haven't checked out, well, here's the thing. You probably have checked out. Yeah. Jason's you just don't work. know it. You just don't know it. Yeah. Um, but there is a dude 
dude who's behind all that, Deacon. I said Deacon, by the way, because that's what fucking Rocca said. <laughs> we'll Fuck. blame Rocca. Yeah. So it's going to be our new thing. We're just going to blame him for everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, dude, uh, make sure you guys go check out um, Jason Goldwatch. Uh He's he's one of those guys, especially for you young artists and, and filmmakers, because I know we get a lot of filmmakers that listen to the show as well. And he's one of those guys that if you're going to model at least, uh, how would you say, your testicular fortitude, mm. right? Your balls. Your balls. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is weird. I'm sorry, Jason, that I'm telling people to model their balls <laughs> like your balls. But but it really is, though. Yeah. Like he, he talked about, about just living it. And yeah. Countless times, if you've listened to our show enough times, we've had enough awesome people on the show say the same thing. Say the same thing. Yeah. You just have to do it. Yeah. There isn't a formula. Nobody's going to put you on. You know, you might be in the right place at the right time, but if you're not ready, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So, and, and what I mean by ready is just mentally ready. Like yeah. I, I want, I'm ready to accept this into my life. I want to be, I want to be awesome right now. Yeah. And um, I, I think that's the best thing. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to talk to Jason, especially because literally I, I can't think of uh, in my since I since I recognize Jason's work, like I said, back with Mr. Slowflow. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I thought was an amazing video. And it just fucked with my mind that somebody was doing a video like this. And then it seemed like it, it also had that feeling, though, that it was very gritty and like yeah. the you know you could tell like the people in the video were helping make the video yeah you know what i mean so um but dudes like that are out there living it and they're i, I don't know if jason has had many um i can'ts mm-hmm. in his in his in, internal dialogue yeah. you know what i mean and i think that's important for people that are trying to get on look uh, uh, uh my cousin gabriel i was mm-hmm. talking with him the other day and he's a um, a youth minister, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know me, I'm not I'm not religious, whatever. But he he has this really good insight. In um, he was talking about, I asked him, how did you decide to just like go all in on that? Because he wasn't like that. He we were raised Catholic, yeah. and then all of a sudden he joined. He became a Christian, and at that time he joined Christian. By the way, early, yeah, <clears throat> like when people thought it was a cult. Yeah, like when you started having these non denominational Christian churches popping up, like the Rock. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're all over. Anyways, he joined that. And it wasn't so much the the story about him joining this religion. It was a story about him making a choice and going all in. And I asked him, how do you do that? Because a lot of people were mad at you. Our family was mad at you. Friends are mad at you. And he was like, dude, look, if you're going to be successful at anything, before you get there, everybody's going to think you're crazy or dumb or, you know, what the hell are you doing? Because most people prefer safety. And safety... The illusion, because that's all it is. It's just an illusion. It's the devil, you know. Yeah, exa- exactly. That's yeah. a great way to put it. And you know, so you you tend to think like, as long as I don't take too many risks, not too many bad things could happen. But the problem with that is not too many good things will happen either. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the bigger the risk, the bigger possibility you'll fall flat on your fucking face. Yeah. But also the bigger risk, the bigger the possibility that you'll explode. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's just basic science, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I definitely hope you guys enjoyed that. I, I know the, the podcast was a little shorter than normal, but, I mean, he's on the phone, dude. It's fucking holiday. Yeah. I felt bad even having him on the phone. Yeah. Uh, but he, in, in uh, props to Jason, because um, when we realized that it was a holiday, we were going to reschedule, and he was just no, like, fuck it, let's just do it. 
Um, here's the thing, people. He doesn't have to do the crappy awesome podcast. <laughs> <laughs> At no point. He doesn't? He does He does not. I he, thought he absolutely had to. I, I mean, I, I think we, we like to think that. <laughs> I'd like to think that at some point it's it was on a list. Did dude, we not send Hip Hop Eddie over there with a gun? Picture this out, dude. dude. Trip out on this. At yeah. some point, I'm hoping, and I think I talked to his assistant for a little bit. At some point, Crappy Awesome Podcast was written on some paper, <laughs> some calendar. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? That yeah. had to get to Jason somehow. Yeah. And for that, I am proud. <laughs> we snuck the word crappy into somebody's calendar. Yes, we did. That is our... Pinnacle achievement. Props to Jason. He's he's super crappy Jason, awesome. Props to us for making up that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jason's pretty yeah, cool, Jason's but props cool. to us, though. Yeah, yeah. Props totally. To us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bills? Uh, yeah, you know what? I think we already did that, so. Yeah. Is that the, this is the part where I do this the ending? This is where thingy? you do the ending. Oh, okay. You may now flush the toilet. <laughs>